Welcome back to Anantasheisha podcast. This is Emily, your host. And this is Bimbo, Emily's co-host. And we are back with another Seisha session to talk about everything under the sun and the moon. Yes. So jumping into a topic, I actually had a few things that I was thinking about that we could discuss. So the first Mm. thing was about transits, about Mm. the transits now. Mm. And I think that we have discussed a little bit about transits in general, but um, what we have discussed, I think, was more along the lines of like Rahu, K2, and yeah, general transit. So mm-hmm. if, yeah, if there's, a, so I wanted to ask you, like, are you seeing anything coming up, um, like maybe in your readings? if you're giving readings or for yourself as to the current transits with the Venus going into Sagittarius. Um, you know, I, I haven't been, I'm going to pull up the transits right now. I honestly haven't been, I like don't focus that much on transits. Like I know I should, it's always the last thing I look at in a reading. Um, but and I'm always looking for like sati sati and stuff like that but um I do know that like I'm really intrigued we I think we just talked about this but I'm really intrigued by like that gandanta point between um Scorpio and Sagittarius and I remember the day Venus was there people were like man I'm having a hard day and it was an interesting it's just a very interesting um gandanta point all of the Gandanta points are really, really interesting, but I don't have any specific things to say about that. Yeah, I mean, I'm kind of just throwing out Venus there, but I think there's other really big uh, transits going on, such as, and I know that everyone on Twitter has been talking about, or X has been mm-hmm. talking about um, Pluto. Uh, it's Pluto Twitter. Can we, call it, can we call it Twitter? <laughs> I prefer that. So yeah, yeah, let's do that. Okay. All right. Okay. Twitter it is. Oh yeah, everybody's talking. But are they talking about Pluto because it went into tropical Aquarius? Yes. So is there something sidereally relevant that it's doing? I know it's near the it is near the sun, it looks like. It's coming up on the sun. Right. Right, that would be the... well. I mean, not really. The sun passed it more. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that would be the thing. That would be the the correlation there that it would be coming up on the sun or passing whatever. Um, but yeah. So, I think, like personally, when I look at like Pluto in general, because I was thinking about this earlier, how it's just so distant and actually in Vedic these outer planets really aren't talked about very much maybe in certain systems they are or Mm -hmm. other uh, type of traditions they are 
and maybe they're even used there, but they really aren't discussed at all because of like more genuine um, methods and, and things to that extent. So I feel like maybe in a collective sense and mundane sense, we could see like how Pluto could manifest mm -hmm. with this transit where it's so close to the sun. But like, yeah, I feel like my personal opinion in terms of like personally, maybe you could see some some sort of like correlation there with your own life and how it's making a change. But there's so many other factors happening. Well, yeah, it seems to me like the well, Pluto's with the sun once a year because the sun's always going to cross Pluto once a year, right? Um, mm. But I do think it does seem like people have been Vedic people have been bringing up Pluto as well. So it's for some reason people are talking about Pluto. I know that some uh, somebody I follow was doing like a um, like mundane sort of like analyses. I've definitely seen people use outer planets for like Earth events. Um, I will say that I did a basically the only kind of readings I'll do readings when people reach out to me and they want a reading but the only kind of reading I've ever really advertised is an Aruta Lagna reading just because I've feel that I've studied it pretty exhaustively to the point where I can do a straightforward like here's a reading and so I was doing one of those um, a little while ago and the the woman had Pluto in her Aruta Lagna with, I forget what else, but with other planets. And I was like, um, you know, I wasn't sure whether to incorporate that or not, because I think the thing with my understanding or my assumption with like Vedic astrology is that they don't really talk about the outer planets because in that tradition is so much about information being passed down. Like it's like such a oral tradition passed down from elders and so it's like it's not if it's not being passed down from elders, it sort of feels almost irresponsible to just like make something up or to guess yeah. what something's doing, which I respect. Yeah. And, you know, that is something. So so my feeling is like I do think that we there's, you know, Black Moon Lilith, the outer planets all could have relevance i just don't think that we should be jumping the gun as to we should be researching and i will say that that pluto seemed to be making an influence in her aruta lagna based on what she was telling me and um she was working basically in mental health and she was sort of a leader in a um sort of like a mental health type of situation where people are doing a lot of like deep like recovery work and i was like oh like yeah I feel I felt the Pluto energy there you know so I don't really know what else to say but I, I don't discount Pluto at yeah all. yeah I mean I guess I shouldn't really either it's it's there and it's giving something so you know I can't really say for sure um because like I said like some people actually do use them um and I have seen where maybe Neptune and Uranus are working in a way that actually do affect the personality. I just, I think about Pluto and I'm like, some people don't even consider it a planet any, anymore. Like not planet. Well, yeah, planet, but I don't know. It's, it's if, maybe it's like a social thing too. That it's like, <laughs> if I had to make something up about outer planets, I would make this up that, that basically they are because 
that they're operate they're influential but they're not influencing us in the same way as the other planets so basically what happens when somebody has quote outer planet energy which i think i do i think people tend to sort of get almost like influenced personally by things that don't have to do with them personally if that makes sense it's mm-hmm. almost like they get possessed <laughs> so by like mm-hmm. a collective trend so like neptune i think can this is just like my theory but i do feel like you can kind of see it in people who have like personal planets with like pluto neptune uranus it's like they're kind of like there's can be like an eccentricity there can be like a tendency to get really like whipped up about like collective things or social movements things that really don't have much to do with them personally and in a way it's it is malefic right because it's like why Mm. would you put your energy towards something that doesn't benefit you personally but at the same time it's interesting and it can be creative and it can also I think there can be a lot of political action and social social action coming from those. That would be my guess on those planets, how they influence people personally. Yeah, I mean, I think it's much more of an observation rather than a guess, right? Because you've actually seen this and like you said, some people's charts. So yeah, I think, I think so. that's really interesting. Um, but yeah. Yeah. Uh, when you can feel it in certain people you know like certain people it's just like they're really intense but they're not they don't have normal lives kind of and I feel they they don't seem to be doing things that other people would consider like on a linear trajectory towards what they would consider like success in the world and it's I feel like that sometimes is like an outer planet situation I could see that yeah, I like the way you put that. That makes a lot more sense, I feel like. So to kind of like switch gears a little bit, not really because I wanted to still talk about the transits. Um, so there's a party of Artina going on between Jupiter and Mars. Oh. And, yeah, yeah I... I um, recently realized that and I was like that is so interesting I'm wondering like especially for like Aries ascendant Scorpio ascendant um even Sagittarius ascendant um I think I'm hitting (laughs) I think I just hit both of our ascendants but I think this is really like a turning point time in a way for for those those ascendants or even moon signs too um yeah so what's your take on like why those ascendants in particular um why those signs well because so the parivartanized is going to give 100 percent of an aspect right because Mm -hmm. both of those lords are are exchanging houses so that's Mm -hmm. the that's the most um that's the highest dristy that they could have right Mm -hmm. so they're they're giving each other some pretty extreme influence Mm -hmm. um jupiter and mars are are friendly towards each other um so in a way um it 
it may not be a situation that well for someone personally who has these ascendants um that it's like something volatile or something like crazy that's happening in their lives but it it could be um something like a pivotal like a pivotal turning point something that's showing them maybe like a new direction or putting them in a situation where they're having to make uh, new decisions about things but the reason I wanted to point out those ascendants in particular was because Jupiter is in Aries so I did say Aries ascendant or Aries moon sign Mm -hmm. and mars is in sagittarius so um i said sagittarius ascendant sagittarius moon sign and i did say scorpio because mars rules scorpio um so yeah, yeah. it can also be pisces ascendant or pisces oh, that, makes sense. that makes sense well the reason so i i've actually been thinking about Parivartna lately because i was studying a chart of someone i know and realizing that they had a really basically have dated two people with Saturn Venus Parivartana and one of them had a really tragic thing happen and um, mm. I was trying to not that I'm blaming the Parivartana but it occurred to me that they have the exchange in um, in the uh, the sixth house what was it give me a sec here it was the sixth house and the uh, and the ninth house and I was like trying sort of thinking about they had just like a really difficult childhood and I was things to do with their dad. I'm not going to go any like into any detail, but basically I was like, Oh, that's, I wonder if the Parivartana is connected with that because the ninth house being the father and the sixth house and how people say when there's a Parivartana between like, I, I guess like a good house and a bad house, it's supposed to be like stressful or whatever. You know, I don't really like mm. ascribe to like, your mongery yeah. astrology but I was yeah but I was curious about how these parivartanas play out and um according to the houses that they're in so so I'm wondering it would be interesting to ask um Virgos and Libras right now because I think they would have this in their it would be a four it would be a four eight parivartana for Virgos and then it would be a a three seven parivartana for Libra I'm wondering mm. if they're having what their experience is with this exchange right now. So that's just kind of an open question. Could I could mm. ask around? Yeah, that is interesting. I definitely think that that would be a great idea to actually ask around to get everyone's experience with yeah. with that. Um, but mm. yeah, I just the reason I really pinpoint that, and I'm sure that you understand this too. I just want to reiterate a little bit about why I chose those ascendants and moon signs in particular. Like those yeah. are the original rulerships of uh, the Grahas. Uh, it's it's their houses, their own homes, right? Oh, um, yeah. Yeah, definitely. So, so, so like someone with a Sagittarius ascendant and Jupiter is in Aries and then Mars is in Sagittarius is forming that party Bartina. It's like specifically affecting them personally because that is the ascendant because Sagittarius is the ascendant or because Aries is the ascendant so Mars is giving that that aspect there but and Jupiter is giving that direct aspect to the ascendant or the moon sign too because the moon is how you think um yes 
Yeah, so but, yeah, you're, but, that was very straightforward. Um, I was just taking it to, I was like, yeah, no, you're, that was very straightforward. I have a question um, on that note, though, which is, do you think planets that transit are more, so like, I'm still a little get stuck on this. So like, for example, Mars is my ascendant Lord, because I'm a Scorpio, right? So when theoretically, when mm-hmm. something transits my Mars, it's going to transit me, like it's me, it's my ascendant Lord, it's going to affect mm-hmm. my my face or whatever, or no, my head or whatever it is that is ruled by the first house, right? So when Mars is in the sky, it's not my Mars, it's the Mars in the sky. What's the difference like between like the significations of the planet in the sky transiting? Do I still look at it like, you know, like in the same kind of way as I would if a planet was transiting my Mars? So, okay, so I would view it as something that is of of my body, right? Like, like I am an Atman and a, a, like a being who is witnessing this body and its actions. So in terms of looking at it in a perspective of is that Mars me? Who is me? <laughs> well <laughs> you know I guess I mean? yeah, but is it different than the Mars? So like my Mars is at like 20, 28 degrees Pisces and the Mars in the sky right now is at what, like twenty twenty four degrees Sagittarius. Oh damn. <laughs> Oh, damn. I didn't realize that I was getting a Mars aspect right now. But anyway, um, my point is, like, so what does that mean? I'm squaring myself or do you know what I'm saying? Like, what is like, is there a difference between the signification in my chart of Mars and the Mars in the sky? Or is it more like, no, like Mars is aspecting me right now? So okay so my perspective on that is that so we were just saying like the ascendant is the body or the person right um and some people can even say uh jupiter could be the body as well too um Mm -hmm. but as far as the difference between those two i feel like yeah it's just from the perspective of the ascendant being you or the body itself and Mm -hmm. the direct um uh what's the word effect Mm -hmm. that 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 planet transiting over your ascendant lord is going to uh create for for you more personally because when we look at the other houses um like for for the second house, if you're having some transit, say if um you're gosh, I don't know, I'm pulling this on my ass. <laughs> the second, let's say like the second lord is transiting uh over itself or something like that to that extent, then maybe that's more of like something with your family is happening. 
something to regards of your finances or your family is going on. But when we're talking about the ascendant itself and you're having a planet transit over your ascendant Lord, that's going to be direct directly affecting you, uh, the way that you think, the way mm. that uh, your body, um, it could be something physical, but um, it could be also something the, the way that you think it could be also oh, your, your mental. That's right. Visti was saying actually that the ascendant is your actual mind or your actual actions and your mm. ascendant Lord is you thinking about what actions you're going to be taking. It's like, yes. so that, that makes sense. Cause I've been having some, I've been like noticing a lot of like, more hostility than usual and and now i know why okay because mm-hmm. i yeah that's that's intense but anyway i mean not not crazy but i'm just like damn i didn't realize i was so hostile anyway um so well intri- very very cool um yeah so so are there any other transits that that you were wanting to like oh well actually maybe we should talk more about the exchange um how how sure. do it, how would you say like ex- exchanges or parivartanas work for the listeners like what would be your your description about the way that those uh aspects tend to work I'll I'll right. start with like I know that like they're supposed to mean like things can kind of change suddenly. I don't know if I've seen that. I haven't really researched it, but I think that's one thing that can kind of have this like up like suddenly turn of events, like things suddenly either like go way up or way down or like almost like a flip-flop kind of effect. Mhm. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I definitely think that's a big part of the Parivartana. Um, some people, well, I, I guess I should start off to say that really you shouldn't see it as their one one girl has going to the, how do I put this? One graha is going to one house and the other graha is going to the other house. They're just dressed like it's just a dressy. They're just looking at each other. So like a lot of people will, will say like, oh, well, I could see it as like we can take for the transit. Like, for example, um, like Jupiter and Aries, Mars and Sagittarius. OK, well, I can put Mars back in Aries and Jupiter back in Sagittarius if that's the case. But that's actually not the case. Like they're just yeah. looking at each other. That makes sense because. I've tried to listen to descriptions of Mars because if that were true, I'd have Mars in the first house and I don't have Mars in the first house. Like if I don't have those qualities really. So yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah definitely. I do. I will say though, like I was doing an Aruta Lagna, um, like reading once and usually the Aruta Lagna readings, I mean, I've almost never had them not be like oh yeah that's true you know which is why I love theater delagna but um but one time the person's like yeah no I think they were saying like no like men haven't really helped me in my career so I I think Mars wasn't it was supposed to be like oh yes men are helpful or whatever 
And it was like, no, actually not. And I was like, huh. And I was trying to figure out why almost every time without fail that someone's like, actually, no. I'm like, oh, there's a Parivartana. So I do think there's Mm. some, there's activity that happens, even though you wouldn't read it, like do their personality assessment that way. It's like, there's activity going on in the other in the other planet's house that's changing the significations or changing the normal interpretation somewhat I think yeah yeah I could see that like that those influences are quite strong so strong or strong enough that there's some maybe a little bit of conflict I think you were telling this or saying this earlier about how there could be some like um not issues but what were you saying something along the lines of like uh confusion or um uh, extreme situations or something to that extent Um, with part just now you mean earlier when we first started I think you said something along the lines of like it would give like a like a sudden change of course yeah yeah. kind of a thing yeah Yeah, yeah, I mean that's kind of like what people say but I don't know that I've always I mean I've definitely heard people give examples of that like I'm thinking of Oscar Wilde's um chart that freedom does like a breakdown of his Aruta Lagna that's really interesting I think he has a Mercury Venus Parivartana going on um but I don't know like I don't think it always is going to show up that way. A lot of people have parivartanas, you know. Mm-hmm. So I have I have one that I is very very not obvious. <laughs> so in in how it's it's I mean it's not obvious in a in that type of way. So um you have a parivartana too, right? Between Mars and Moon. Mhm. Yes. Yeah, so I think that we need to take that with a grain of salt that it's going to create like a a change in luck or whatever. But because um, I think a lot of that comes down to Rahu. I think when people have those extreme changes, there's a lot of like nodal action. Usually. Definitely. Yeah. Definitely. Yeah, for sure. For sure. Rahu would would probably be be the main player in in having some sort of like extreme situation happening for someone yeah and it seems like some people's lives in general are just more predisposed to ups and downs to like extreme ups and downs and that tends to feel like a nodal nodal people or maybe nodal is not the right word but um people who have a lot of rahu energy yeah i mean I, I feel like nodal would be the right word. Maybe to some other people that would be like, mm, but are well, you it's really not a nodal that... person? <laughs> I guess it just doesn't feel that ketu. <laughs> you know, it doesn't yeah. feel those like, like the only one side of the nodes that's, because isn't the point of ketu is kind of like to, to make Rahu not go off the rails so that there has to be like a drastic course correction. Yeah, yeah, you could say that. You could look at it in in that way. That's, I think. Or maybe, so. or or maybe that's Jupiter's job. One Ketu is Ketu is mysterious. Jupiter definitely helps with keeping things running a little more smoothly. I think. Yeah, but I mean, also, 
Ketu is swa, so like it's actually happy in Jupiter's sign. Um, yeah. So yeah. that makes sense. It's such a mis mysterious axis. Mm hmm So, oh, go ahead. You want, were you saying something? Well, I guess I'll just say, I, I feel like I'm glad you pointed out that this Parivartana in the sky, because I think that through global events, we can get a better sense of how how these aspects really work. I wonder, I want to catch up with Shadi Ree. She does such good mundane analyses, and I bet you she's said something about the Parivartana um that'll give us a lot of clues i think it's almost easier to to assess based on global events than like personal charts it seems like with something like this yeah yeah you said sh shoddy ray is it shoddy yeah ray? i think so yeah shoddy ray. Shoddy ray. yeah shout out to shoddy ray if you're listening <laughs> yeah she's so amazing she is i really love her channel um, yeah yeah me too there aren't that many mundane vedic channels yeah that talk yeah, about like, really... global events yes um you really can't find that i know pvr narsimha rao does does sometimes have interviews about oh them. he does a lot of that actually but he's yeah. he's like he's like people's like parents listen to him he's like the watching like he's like the cnn of like mundane vedic <laughs> but oh, yeah shadi ray's cool because she's like you know she's got like the claire nakdi like vibe kind of but she's like doing her own thing um joni Petri also does good mundane stuff too oh yeah oh and also um crossy is it crossy oh yeah i love crossy yeah. love yeah whenever yeah, I'm like at my like at my wits end and I don't know what to do and I don't know who to listen to I'm like oh right crossy she's always got something good yes yes there's see there's a handful there's a handful of um those those few you know that that are really really amazing and deep dive into the mundane I can always appreciate that um Yes. Yeah, they, they do great work. So to move on to, to one of your other talking points. Um yes. So well actually quickly I did want to make a point about the Parivartana. Um mm -hmm. We, we were just discussing how, like, maybe there could be, like, some type of sudden changes or whatever. I don't even remember what was said about that. Kind of, that's bad. I should remember. We were just talking about it. Um, yeah, no, that was, but, that was it. Yeah. So the thought came to mind about how maybe if there's, like, that benefic influence you were saying with Oscar Wilde, there was that Venus-Mercury exchange. So those are the softer planets, right? The more quote-unquote benefic planets like there maybe was something there was a bad thing I mean freedom it was a very dark story but I forget all the details it's because I think there was a debilitation involved also mm -hmm. I I can't I don't oh, was know was it Venus and Virgo yeah yeah I think Venus okay. and Virgo in the AL with maybe Mercury and 11 oh, wait does that make sense 
Yeah. Oh no, Mercury would have been in twelve. Yeah, that uh, Venus. Or wait, that doesn't. Does that? That doesn't make sense. Anyway, it was Venus Mercury, <laughs> and there was a de- debilitation, but I forget the exact layout. But yeah, it was. It was a morbid tale. Oscar mm. Wilde died in a very stressful way, but um, you know how freedom can be sometimes. So. Yeah. Yeah. I know. I know. <laughs> But it was very good. Uh, it was very good. Arudalak. I mean, his Arudalak material has just been so amazing, and it was it was interesting for sure, because I it is a question how to it, it's still a question for me how to interpret debilitations in the Arudalakna, as well as Parivartana's imp- influencing the Arudalakna. So, um, it's a really interesting topic. Yeah, that is. That is cool, actually. Now that I think about it, what how would that show up if you had that debilitated planet in Parivartana and the AL? I actually, the next topic that I wanted to jump into was Arudalagna. If you mm. want to talk about Arudalagna, if you want to. <laughs> I, I would love to. <laughs> okay. I thought you would. Um, <laughs> So I know like in previous uh, Seisha sessions here, we've discussed a little bit about Arudalagna, but we really haven't. I don't think that we've gone into like detail or any type of like assessment about um, Arudalagna and how it could show up for someone. Um, yeah, I, I'll I'll give you the floor on this because this is your... Mm. This is your baby. This is your your project. Your, I feel like you you know much more about Arudalagna than I do. Well, so I'm just basically just the reporter. I'm like the Arudalagna reporter because I just got all my information from Freedom Cole, and it's available to everyone. I'm just the one who yeah. obsessively listened to it all. So, and like over and over and over again. So, um, so yeah, I I know what Freedom Cole says <laughs> pretty well. Um, yeah. And he's great. I mean, he's great. And the thing is that what I love about the Arudalagna is you can research it so easily because I don't have to ask a million questions about your life. Like I literally, it's about your public image. So it's like, I I should be able to check and see if it works without talking to the person, especially like for a celebrity, for example, like I can tell what their public image is. You know what I mean? Like, I don't need to know mm-hmm. what's happening deep down in their life because that's not what the Arudalagna is about. The Arudalagna is about how things appear to be to the public. So it does make it a lot easier. And also it's such a gold. I mean, I don't know why more people don't use it for um, when, when there's just that question of which ascendant am I on the D1? Like, we're not trying to get an exact, like, to the second birth time, but we're like, am I a Scorpio or a Sagittarius? I'm not sure. I was born on the border, on the sign border. Which am I? Not Sometimes the Arudalagna result isn't conclusive. Like, sometimes it'll give you signs that are, like, in Kendra's to each other, and then it's, like, it's not as clear. But sometimes it's really clear. So... I find that to be really, really useful for birth time. But I guess just to back up, like the what the Aruta Lagna is, it's your public image. It's how you are seen by the world. Um, people have different opinions about like how important that is. Um, some people think it's like just your career, um, but some people, and I think this is how PVR, what PVR Narasimha Rao says, and I'm like 
like this mindset, which is that it's actually, well, I think Sanjay, Sanjay says too, like, if you only could see someone's Arudalagna, that's all the information you need. And I love that. Mm -hmm. And PVR says that he thinks the Arudalagna actually rules the physical body, which is specifically his argument. I love his argument. And I've been researching that a little bit and I'm with it. Um, I like it. I'm, I'm, I'm continuing with that. I currently am sort of believing that to be true. And, um, but ultimately it's the social consensus about what happened. So it's really important. You know, most things that you're going to remember later that, that as being fact is something that was socially recognized as a fact. Does that mean that it's more important than the lagna? No, because theoretically what happens really is happening from the lagna and that's spiritually what's happening and that's the truth that's really true that's going to be with you after you die and that's your karma and all that but as far as how the world sees it the story that's going to be left with the world after you die that's the aruta lagna so everything we know to be true about everybody else is seen by the aruta lagna is kind of the basic understanding some people will say oh but not your close friends they'll see it from the lagna Perhaps, but I tend to believe that like the more we socialize, everything is just going to be reflected by the Arudalagna, even if it's your friends. You know, it's because it's the reflection of the reality. It's the way you reflect back upon what happened. Like, mm. you know, he wasn't such a bad guy after all. Maybe he was a bad guy, but his Arudalagna is not so bad, <laughs> you know? So, yeah. yeah. Um, so I do think. Um, that Arudalagna is really in interesting um, and it can practically, on a practical level, show you how to advertise, how to seduce people, how to dress. It can give you like style cues or whatever. Um, and also, uh, because what it tells you is this is the what the world wants from you. You know, there's one thing about what you want that's good, it's important, but it's helpful to know what other people want from you. So I think of it as like when you have like a celebrity or an actor and they get, um, maybe they want to take different kinds of roles or like, I'd like to do some more serious roles, you know, but the, everybody just wants to cast them in a comedy. They just, it's like, if he would have just stayed with comedy, he would have been so successful, you know? It's like that, mm -hmm. to me, that's like the Arudalagna. It's like, it's fine to do what you want, but it's good to know what other people want, how they want to typecast you in this incarnation because it's just this incarnation. Your Lagna yeah. will matter after you die, but the Arudalagna really matters for this life so it's good yeah. to play with it it's really fun I think yeah yeah absolutely like the Aruta Lagna is the Maya right it's like the Aruta Lagna is based off like you were just saying how um some people say it could be like the this like societal reflection which is also a signification of the moon, right? And what is a Lagna based off of? It's also, well, not based off of, actually it's off of the Lagna, but it's, um, it's it also could be considered sort of like the moon. And also when we think about yes, um, career and, and social image, um, when we do an assessment uh, through the chart and we look at the Panchang, when we see the Karna, which is, um, half of a tithi right and the tithi is the moon um mm -hmm. so essentially what you're seeing from that is so you could look at the moon 
for the career or you could look at the Aruta Lagna. So like maybe it could be the way that you think mm. about your career and the way that you actually look in your career or something along those lines. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, mm. that's just that a thought that came to mind about that. Yeah, that's an interesting observation. Yeah, that, that's interesting. Yeah. But yeah, I just, Aruta Lagna is like a gold mine. I feel like of so many different takes that you could, you, you for example, like whenever I look at my Aruta Lagna, I'm like, hmm, is this how people see me? Like I've gotten a, a reading before where they're like, do people see you as like an artist or do people see you as like, you know, somebody who could be an artist I'm like I don't know like maybe but you know I have like other influences going on there too and then I have that moon key to looking at it as well so it's like mm. I don't know it's I mean Rahu is in my Rudalagna so I'll just well, say <laughs> yeah and you have a retrograde Venus right yeah yeah so that's thing that I I kind of forgot till I was looking at your planetary speeds the other day and I was like oh like retrograde so I feel like retrogrades always make things more like yeah I mean I do think you you come off as as like artistic and social but I I think there's a lot more of like a uh, there's a real social energy to that combination of Mercury Rahu and Venus together I think that there's just a very like uh, to be honest with you I find the Arutalagnas with more planets to um more uh, complicated to mm. to interpret and because stelliums are yeah. like that and then you also have okay so I feel like there's there's so many things that could be said but just real quick you <laughs> basically have five planets in your Aruta Lagna in a way because you've got those two planets um, in the second from and with Aruta Lagna the second house almost operates like a first house in a, in a certain kind of way so um so you've got a lot of influences um, and yeah. that's probably why. So I think that, yeah, you do yeah, seem you artistic just... and you have, <laughs> Sorry. Like, but there's a lot of other stuff going on too. I feel a little bad about bringing up my chart because I didn't even, didn't even consider that, you know, maybe we should start off with something a little, a little more simple where we only Whoa. have one planet in the Aruta Lagna and how that would show up. Well, actually, I think it needs to be even simpler because I was like, what do people really ask with the Rudalagna? And the number one thing is they're like looking at the sign. They're obsessed with, do I seem like a Leo? I'm not a Leo. I don't seem like a Capricorn. Of course, nobody wants to be a Cap. Nobody ever wants to be a Capricorn. Okay. But the thing is that, first of all, being a Capricorn is is a good thing, but mm-hmm. it's just, it's it's got a lot of good qualities. But the thing that we look at with the Aruta Lagna, and which will become clear to you if you listen to these lectures, is he almost never references the sign. It's not that we're not taking the sign into account. It does come up, but it's very rarely talked about. What's talked about is the planets placed from you're reading a new chart. So it's like you're not, you know, like it. The, the Aruta Lagna sign is mentioned less in the context of the Aruta Lagna than the Lagna sign is mentioned in the context of talking about the Lagna chart. So like people need to need to take a little bit of emphasis off of that sign when they're looking at their Aruta Lagna for the first time. We're not even going to get into calculation because mm. that would take like 20 minutes. But like, um, but that I think is the first step of like, 
people need to be in the habit of saying like, where are these planets placed from my Rulagna before I jump to a conclusion about whether or not I feel that this is valid. Um, because mm-hmm. you could have a Capricorn Arutalagna with Venus in it and, you know, the moon in the second from and Jupiter in the seventh from. That's a very lucky, benefic, uh, popular, social, gregarious, soft, romantic Arutalagna, even though it's Capricorn. So it's really important to take these, to take the planetary influences into consideration. And the main thing that you look at first is planets in Arutalagna, planets second from planets in Kendra's, if those are empty, especially that you look in those Kendra houses, um, which is the the fourth, the seventh and the 10th from the Aruta Lagna. Those are the planets which show how people see you, the type of character that you are. And then you find more detail in those other houses. And especially if like, if all those houses happen to be empty, then definitely look at Rossi aspects and, um, also regular graha aspects to the Aruta Lagna, those do definitely also play a part. And um, I will also just mention that in my research, um, this is actually personal research that I've done. Um, I believe that those Rossi aspects to Aruta Lagna can make, can show your appearance as well. So uh, as mm. well as the, as well as the other placements, but I think the Rossi aspects have more of an influence on the appearance than the graha aspects do when it comes to the arutalagna because they're ongoing aspects are circumstantial graha aspects are dasha dependent so yeah mm-hmm. probably said too much but no no i don't think so i think you you really gave a nice uh outline of what someone would need to check in order to really assess their own arutalagna so yeah that's much appreciated uh, especially from my end because that gave me a little bit of a new perspective on looking at my own so um, I'm sure that's going to help someone else too um yeah I just I thought about my Jupiter and the I have Jupiter Jupiter and Sun in the second from my arutalagna but that really is like that is a big influence on my on my image I feel like on my body specifically so yeah oh interesting uh, yeah it's interesting what I find interesting I think your Arutalagna is actually a really interesting example because can I share a little bit about the placements yeah I just I feel like I always bring my chart up so I'm sorry if I'm I, it it seems like I'm a, no, a little conceited like oh let's bring I, my chart, I feel, to my oh, chart no, I feel like that too I feel like that as well so we're <laughs> we're equal I mean it's better than talking about someone else's chart right like yeah yeah that's true that's true I mean we could we could bring in a, a celebrity example or a public figure a sage <laughs> a sage yeah. um but but I I do want to just say your your chart is an interesting example because when I first saw it I was like oh interesting because you know I hadn't I've never met you in person and I um mostly have talked with you about astrology and stuff and I was like wow I really feel that you know that that 
sun, Jupiter felt really prevalent to me. As I've gotten to know you more, I, I definitely um, can see, and, and I've like known you more in like social contexts and like seen you more. I can definitely see all those planets, like the Venus and the Rahu and the Mercury and the sun and the Jupiter as well. But what I find really fascinating um, is when somebody has a malefic in their Arutalagna and then benefics in the second from their Arutalagna. And in the context of the Arutalagna, the sun does tend to be considered more benefic. That's something being, um, Freedom has said, like um, the sun is considered a malefic generally, but it's more benefic when we're looking at the Arutalagna because the Arutalagna is focused more on gunas, I think, which is like, so the satwik aspect of the sun matters more. Um, so, mm. so I... So that second from your AL, I think really like shows a lot of like, that's a supportive thing. So the second house from the Arutalagna can show how you're perceived and your personality traits and your appearance, I think as well. But it also has a dual function that those that's specific to the second house, which it shows how the sustenance of your popularity. So like when you have Jupiter in the second from your Arutalagna, that shows that you're you, you're good at sustaining your popularity. You're good at acting in ways that sustain your reputation, make people like you. And with Sun there, there may be a little bit more of a harsher energy, but in general, I would say like, as long as the, as long as your energy is on like the moral, the, the noble end and the, the spiritual end as, as opposed to like the egotistical end that will support your reputation, support your popularity. So that, really that second house from your Rudalagna is helping sustain your, your public image. Um, and if we had Rahu, so you have Rahu in your Rudalagna, which shows that you might have a little bit of a cocky streak sometimes. If confident, you can tend to like go into a situation where you're not fully prepared and be like, I got this and like do it. And maybe sometimes <laughs> you might have a scandal or two, but like generally you're, you're confident and it's a, it's a good thing, I think. Whereas if that Rahu is in second from Arutalagna, it actually is it's more malefic. It's showing that there might be like scandals that would actually drag down your reputation. It's almost like, I mean, this is just me saying this, but what I'm gathering um, from what I've read and what I've seen is that having Rahu in the Arutalagna, a scandal might be more likely to even help your reputation. Whereas if it's in the second from Arutalagna, unless it's exalted, it's a malefic. It's not necessary. It's, it's probably something you would want to remedy to help sustain your popularity. So, um, so yeah, I do. Yeah. I find it really interesting the way malefics work in those different houses. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Grateful for your take on that. That was awesome. You did a little reading live for me. <laughs> no, but really like, so because, so just to go into a little bit more detail, uh, because what you said is, is true. Um, but to, to just harp on it a little bit more <laughs> Venus yeah. is is in its own sign it's Swats and Libra and then Rahu is in Libra as well so they're even though even though they're that is a malefic influence Rahu is comfortable in that sign and Venus is in its own house it's in its it's it's comfortable in its own mm -hmm. sign too so um I feel like when it comes to like friendships or relationships there is a lot of that like 
changeability. Like there could be circumstances that come up that actually take me away from relationships or um, like change mm-hmm. my perspective on them. And, and like, I can come in and out of like friendships, relationships and things to that extent. Um, but I think that like the groundedness to that Aruta Lagna for me in particular is definitely that sun Jupiter. Um, yes. And yeah, you really, you really um, kind of opened a new light for me on that because I feel like the spiritual aspect of me, maybe even like discussing spirituality, spirituality and things with astrology, like right now, as in this podcast, it's really good for my image. And I think that, yeah, I think all of what you said was very true. Yeah. And I would even like take it a step further and say, so Jupiter is your ascendant Lord. It's in the 12th house from your ascendant. And that's also really interesting to me. So like if you have an, a benefic ascendant Lord, in your 12th house, it means that it's positive for your Ruta Lagna. So to me, that shows somebody whose charitable nature is good for their reputation. Whereas if somebody has a malefic ascendant lord in the 12th, I've been trying to gently do research on this because it seems like it's it's actually a really hard thing if you have a male, except that it's a functional benefic. But if you, or I'm sorry, not, yeah, functional. Yeah, sorry, it is. So like if somebody has, say, a Capricorn ascendant Saturn in the 12th, that means they're going to have Saturn in the second house from their Aruta Lagna as well, which means that something about the way that they're acting or the way that they're thinking, it can be problematic sometimes for their reputation just yeah. off the, on the face of it. So, so and I'll give a- you someone for example, though, cause I know a chart and it's Michael Jackson, Michael oh, Jackson okay, has Saturn. No, we need and- to talk about this, but wait, can I say one thing? Cause I just, I feel like I need to like, I need to like ethically say one thing that I'm remembering. Yeah, so yeah, sorry. Go if, ahead. No, just because I said Rahu in the, in the Aruta Lagna isn't necessarily bad. It's not, however, Freedom has said that you might want to remedy the Ketu. That means Ketu is in the seventh. So a Malefic in the second house, the seventh house, and the twelfth house from the Aruta Lagna are the ones that, that you might want to remedy. And when you have Rahu, so Malefics in the Aruta Lagna don't necessarily need a remedy. It just means people see you as a Malefic. But, um, mm. but when you have Rahu in the Aruta Lagna, then you've got Ketu in the seventh. So that could be something at some point that a person might want a remedy. I just wanted to point that out as well. Yes, I think that is really important to talk about because it's it's definitely going to, it's going to show up differently, you know. yes and ketsu i don't know it's not i don't always think it's that malefic i did want to also just ask this open-ended question which you don't need to answer but i have this cure and then i want to talk about michael jackson but there's this question Mm -hmm. i have about retrogrades because i've been listening to this channel cooking astrology i don't know why it's called cooking astrology it's the one of the best (laughs) youtube channels i've ever come across i'm like can you just put your name on it because i don't know what to say when i'm talking about it but um but this guy is amazing and he he was um he has been talking about retrogrades in a way that's made me think differently about retrogrades and he said retrogrades indicate um a mistake that you make over and over but not necessarily in a bad way it's almost like just sort of this mysterious planet that's like taken over your chart and made you kind of like go back in time and repeat these same kind of themes and um 
it, it's weird because it's like a very strong influence, but also has this kind of like backtracky kind of quality to it. And I just wanted to kind of put that out there. And I wonder if there's something in your relationships that that makes sense for you. And if that might influence your Rudolagna in any way, that's like a very personal question, but I just wanted to, uh, to just put that out there just on the topic of like the mystery of retrogrades and how they can influence any, any part of our chart really. So. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yes. 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 I will say 100% that would show up for me. Like you're saying, um, like maybe I would, what's the word mm, like keep going back to past relationships yeah it could show up like I feel like every retrograde has its own agenda and it's like coming in strong it's like yeah and it, it feels like just like a blind spot it feels like it's this blind spot that you just need to kind of like trust is for the best because I went through a full Mahadasha of a retrograde exalted planet. And so it's helped me kind of reflect when I heard him say that I was like, how, what was my experience? And it's like, yeah, it, it had, it was like, it, I wouldn't say it was a bad Mahadasha, but there were a lot of things that happened where it was like, what was that you know and I don't really it's like I didn't really get it at the time or I didn't really process it really at the time and I'm processing it now and I think retrogrades are just really mysterious but that might be some of the reason that that might throw a little wild card into your AL as well oh I'm sure it does I'm sure it does there's some other things going on like my body cash is there too so and that's a whole Mm. other yes wormhole (laughs) Yeah, you've got a lot going on there. Okay, thank you. I wanted to get those out of the way because Michael Jackson's quite the topic as well. He has two, doesn't he have some alternate birth time options? He does. And I was just, I, I was just trying to pull up his chart here and I don't know, maybe I'm, maybe I'm wrong, but I don't know. Um, yeah, That sounds so- right to me. He's He's got something going on but I yeah i heard that once that he had saturn in the second from his aruna lagna but let's see so he has i thought i remembered that, somebody but... saying he had saturn in scorpio in his aruna lagna but i don't there's something i there's something going on with this scorpio's saturn and michael jackson Let, let's let's look at these charts here there's two proposed charts one is for um 12.09 p.m and one is for 7.33 p.m. So okay. let's see which one we trust the most. Well, I have up the 7.33 p.m. one. So okay. were you pulling up the other one? What? Or? Yeah, no, tell me what's happening in the 7.33 p.m. Um, so he has Aquarius Ascendant with Moon in the Ascendant. Mm-hmm. Um. And then, yes, Saturn is in Scorpio, of course, and that's in his 10th house. Mm. Um, And then, so he has Sun in Leo, and that's in his 7th course with Mercury. Mm. Um, Venus in Cancer in the 6th, Mars in Q2 in the 3rd in Aries, and then Jupiter in Rahu in the ninth in Libra. And how are we finding the Arudu Lagna here? Are we using Rahu? Because when you have an Aquarius Ascendant, you would be 
um, you could have two alternate Arudalagnas. Yes. It could be ruled by Saturn as we could use Saturn or we could use Rahu. And people have different right. theories about this. Like even freedoms, like, I don't know, there's three different ways we could look at this. So I like to keep to keep both options on the table, but how are you looking at it? Um. So, okay, so... With this in particular, how I would look at it, since he has that Simhasana yoga with Saturn in the 10th house and that being his mm. ascendant lord, um, I probably would take that as his, uh, like the, the Rudalaka instead of Rahu. Yeah, the Lagnesh instead, okay, so instead of so using Rahu. So let's walk the people through this. So we've got an Aquarius ascendant, Saturn as Lord, Saturn's in Scorpio. So we're gonna count one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten places to the from the Lagna to the Lagna Lord. And then we're gonna count ten more places. This is how you find the Aruta Lagna. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten from the tenth, we're in the seventh. But this is one of those cases where we need to apply the exception. The Aruta Lagna can never be on the one seven axis. So when that happens, you do the full calculation, you're on the one seven axis. All you do is you add ten more places. So we're adding ten more. So that would put his Aruta Lagna in Taurus, I think. Yes, it would. So interesting. So that would put the Scorpio Saturn in. That would see the only this confuses me because it would seem like Michael Jackson wouldn't have a malefic in the seventh from his his AL only because he got famous at such a young age. I can see that malefic influence coming in later, um, yeah. but but I also can't say that I that's not like based on research that's just based on like what I've heard or what I've learned that um you know you would think there would be something opening the doors to his success there um but but it I mean definitely I feel that Saturn is influencing Michael Jackson's Arudal Agnes somehow and that Mm. seventh aspect is relevant that's definitely like a relevant thing and it makes sense that he would have the moon in Kendra as well being so famous and Mm. also all of those he would have a lot of other and also Pluto I mean talk about someone who I mean to me Michael Jackson seems like someone who has Pluto influencing his Aruta Lagna as well um Mm -hmm. and this retrograde Mercury so I mean it's believable it's definitely believable well I mean Pluto is aspect well technically moon would be aspecting pluto right and he has sun conjunct pluto mm-hmm. so i mean that yeah. that is uh that definitely is um i mean it's there so <laughs> so definitely it's showing up in a huge way i have a question so if we if mm-hmm. we were to look for like an alternate like say michael jackson maybe has two arutalagmas that he kind of like flipped between them because i kind of like that theory that you can kind of like like go back and forth between Aruta Lagnas, even have like a double life, for example. Um, if we did that though, is this Rahu in sidereal Libra or is it in Virgo? Because I'm looking at the tropical chart right now and I can't tell if um, that Rahu yeah. it's it's still it's in Libra, so, right? Yeah, it's in Libra. It would be um yeah, it's like one degree Libra. So it's it's very close. Um 
but it is in Libra. Mm -hmm. Okay. So yeah, I was just checking the other AL. The other AL would put, I think would be in Gemini. So interesting. Mm -hmm. Hmm. I wonder where I heard that from then. Maybe it must be another Michael I was thinking about. <laughs> no, no, no. I feel like I heard something like that too. And I went, I've actually been through this process myself. What is his other birth time though? There's, he think, has two, he has two possible birth times. Did you say 1209? Let me pull it up again. Hold on. Michael Jackson is a really interesting study. Um, so we've got 12.09 p.m. So that would put his, so that would actually put his um, Lagna in, in Libra. And then Venus, it looks like, is in Cancer. So that would, again, put the Lagna Lord in the 10th. And then, so 10, mm -hmm. 10. So that would actually put his... Uh, that would put his Arutalagna in in Capricorn, it looks like. Mm -hmm. yeah. And then, you know, I mean, that's believable, too, because you've got the moon in the second. But I kind of feel like the other one seems more... He doesn't really seem like a Libra as much like... An, he seems more like an Aquarius than a Libra to me. For sure, for sure, for sure, for sure. I feel like Aquarius is definitely all about I don't know ether it's all about those like it's all Weird. about sound sound and and, oh, and torture and tragedy and and yes, like huge yes. huge <laughs> influence but also things that are just weird maybe. yes yes although he would have rahu in the ascendant if his ascendant was in libra so so rahu you know that might also play a part hmm. I could like spend hours trying to figure out birth times it is so it's like my nerd like my like peak nerd nerdness like it's out of control but <laughs> it is um, fun it oh is God, fun it's, I, it's I enjoy good. it too I'm glad somebody else enjoys it <laughs> <laughs> but yeah that that Saturn in Scorpio is really something um mm -hmm. Yeah. But I, yeah. I still, so I think like, to me, having the Kendra placements makes a lot of sense for Michael Jackson. So with this, with this other time, it would, um, it would make him have a Capricorn Aruta Lagna. He, he would have, yeah, he wouldn't have, although he would have Venus in the seventh from which actually makes sense you know as far as the success goes like having that um you know it seems like he probably had like young female fans opening the doors to his success I would think mm -hmm. in the Jacks like in his young days mm -hmm. so there may be something to that other birth time hmm. project I'm gonna have to go deeper on that on my own time <laughs> <laughs> okay i'll look into it a little bit too maybe we can collaborate see if we'll see what we can find yeah um, we could we could we could compare notes and do a little research and compare notes um uh, i'll also just say just so people have this um that the 11th house from the arutalagna is supposed to be really lucky it's supposed to show who pays you so um planets there and planets rossi aspect in there should show you the type of person who is most likely to 
give you good money. So like if you're up for like two different types of jobs and um, like two different bosses, look at who is your employer. Are they more like the planet that's if, if your employer or prospective employer resembles the type of planet that is Rossi aspecting or in this 11th from your Rudalagna, that's that's the one that's going to pay you better. That's panned out pretty well. I ask people about this because it seems so specific, but it really does pan out pretty well. So um, freedom was specific, though. This isn't the field you go into. You know, this is the type of people like he says Saturn is his. And so he does he does Ayurvedic counseling. So for him, he he works with sick people and older people tend to be his best clients, you know. And so that's like a, a really practical tip right there with the 11th house from the Aruta Lagna. And I think benefics there are just generally supportive and good for the Aruta Lagna. Um, and then mm-hmm. when you have planets in the sixth and the third, they show how um whether you're you seem how assertive you seem so um one of my friends um has a malefic has malefics in his al but benefics in the third and sixth and i think that's an interesting combination because it's like he comes he's very confident he comes across as like super confident almost cocky but but actually it's really charming because He's actually also seen as really saintly and he's not, he's just not an asshole. Like he has this like really good combination of being like sort of like cocky, but like really gentle at the same time. And I think it's because he has all of his benefics in three and six from his AL, along with some like well-placed malefics in his Arudalakna. So, um, Mm -hmm. but on the other hand, some people, when they have like malefics in the third and six from their Arudalakna, but a really benefic AL, it can show that, um, you know, people aren't going to push them around. Like they're popular, they seem really sweet and soft and social, but like people know not to mess with them because they have those malefics in the third and sixth from Arudalakna. So that's an interesting thing to keep in mind as well. Oh, yeah. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. Those houses are very important. All of those houses. I've also heard that um like you were talking about the 11th and how um it was influencing freedom in a way where I think he does he have Saturn there I the, think he said Saturn's influencing and I don't remember Saturn's why influencing. yeah yeah um but I've heard that if moon is there then that would uh you could be like a good astrologer because people because moon represents society right so society would be coming to you to ask their, oh. yeah to I ask for your yeah, your help, your opinion. So yeah, I think you're. I think that it does get more. Yeah, it's um like in his lectures, he was very speaking about it as like what type of person, like married man, or you know, like Jupiter is a married man, like Mars is a young man. But I do think it's it's uh, useful to take it to the more like meta level as well. Because I did a reading with someone who has Rahu there, and she works as a researcher, um, and so it's like clearly, even though it doesn't necessarily show your field, like people who were researching or, and, or she works for a researcher. She like, so people who do research pay her. So a lot of people like the old text say Rahu means gains from questionable means, but it's like, it's not really how it's panning out realistically. It's showing more like, because theoretically it could mean foreigners or it could mean, you know, anything. But in her case, it, it really meant 
research, you know, some, she was help. She's an assistant to somebody who's doing research. So yeah, it's good mm. to keep, once we like get the memorize what the, the things are that are said in those texts, because these are very old documents, you know, um, that yeah. have been translated. Yeah. And, but it's like, once we know what they're saying and we memorize them, I do think it's really cool to be able to, to, to experiment a little bit with that and update and see how, how different ways that those things could play out. I think what I like about Vedic though, is that it is good to, to know what the books say first, you know, before you say, mm, this is actually showing up like this, or, you know what I mean? And I think that's mm-hmm. something that Vedic really has going for it, that Western astrology does not, they just jump straight to the experimental interpretations. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. That's true. Yeah, definitely. There's, there's an importance about um, really studying what has been observed. And then you can apply your observation to it. You know, you can say, like, you can be a skeptic and be like, no, I don't believe any of this. I don't think this is true. And I think that that may even be one of the best perspectives that you could have going into astrology. Um, Because you're coming from a standpoint of, like you don't know and you're looking at it to be you know proven wrong in a way um, definitely yeah but that's yeah, what so. pvr and ours and I, I love him so much he's like he's like yeah so i basically try to prove myself wrong for six months before i cut before i propose a theory to the general public mm-hmm. um she said that in like a q a and I love him. You know, I just love the way he does that. It's not popular, but I love it. Yeah. Well, I think that we have had a session that's jam-packed with a whole bunch of great information from transits and Aruta Lagna and what else did we talk about? (laughs) Michael Jackson. Michael Jackson. Uh, R.I.P. Michael Jackson. Um, we'll probably <laughs> come back with another session, maybe about what we find or. Yeah, let's do that. Would be fun. It would actually be really fun for me to like deep dive on it. And we can go into, I mean, you know, I like to go into the dashes and look at Lahiri and look at, we could even like, like compare the dashes and have a little bit of like a a dasha war, like a friendly dasha war with a celebrity <laughs> example. Like, no, I found this here. Like, no, this Dasha is working for me. Yeah, like PowerPoint presentation, like debate style. Okay, yeah, that's fun. Okay, let's do it. Let's do it. All right. So we are grateful for everyone listening, and we will be back soon with another Seisha session. Yes.